Hi, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of There I Read It, where I'm going through Harry Potter chapter by chapter. And today I'm on the Chamber of Secrets, chapter five, The Whomping Willow. And my guest for today actually dropped out. So I, I've got my my sweet, loving, willing, only had to threaten him a little bit son to participate. Just a little bit. Say hi, Vash. Hi, Vash. Yeah, it's going to be this kind of an episode, I think. So in this chapter, Ron and Harry get to Hogwarts through unusual means due to unexplained circumstances. And let me find my notes page here and we will get started talking about it. See, it wasn't that bland of a chapter. I've got a whole page and a half of notes. He was like, I don't know how we're going to make any kind of an episode like about there, this. There is a bit of foreshadowing and then there was just a trip. Well, let me let me go over my notes here and you just feel free to jump in if you um, hear anything that strikes your interest. Oh, and you might recognize Vash from Say Halo Goodbye, our gaming channel, and very rarely, really, the family where he might help me unbox something. But uh, you, you don't like to get in front of the camera too much, do you? No. All right, let me go through my notes. And if you hear something that strikes your interest, feel free to jump into the discussion. Otherwise, I might have to just grab and pull you into it, kicking and screaming. So Harry is at the Burrows for a month, which is causing him to have this jealousy of Ron. Uh, mainly because he thinks his family sucks and the Weasleys are awesome, which I can't agree with enough. How do you feel about the Weasleys? They are one of the stronger parts in the Harry Potter series. Like, they, they are very liked. Are they? Is that, It's not just me, then, that just took a weird shine to them. No, because... everybody likes the Dorsleys more. The, the, the Dorsleys? Well, whatever. Every, everybody hates Ron and his family. I mean, Arthur and Molly Weasley are, are just, like, everything I've been waiting for in these books. I think they're fun, they're energetic, we get a very adult sense of the wizarding world, and I just love them. I hate that we're not going to have them anymore, at least not in this book. Hopefully they'll be in other books, right? Right? I don't remember. I, I've, I've heard some things, but I, I don't want to put out spoilers for people who are reading along with us chapter by chapter here. So they're getting the magical car loaded, and they're trying to get out to get to platform nine and three quarters at, King, at King's Cross. And George, Fred, and Jenny all forget things, so they're running late now. At, at different times. They, yes, they have to yes. keep going back. So it's like they, they start to leave, and George is like, oh, I forgot something. They have to go back. And then they start to leave, and then Fred's like, oh, I forgot something. And then they go back, and then they're leaving again. And Jenny's like, my diary! They almost got on the highway that time. Couldn't they have just mailed her that or sent the owl with her diary? I don't know why they had to turn around for the diary, but they did. Because they're nice parents like that. They and don't have an owl. Yes, they do. They have Errol the owl. He's just half dead. Or couldn't Percy's owl come and get it or something? Like, Percy has a nice, fresh, buff, young owl. I suppose it's just better to get it while it's... they still can. I don't know. I feel like there was some kind of magic trick they could have used to get around that if they couldn't use the uh, owl mail. Um, so they're about to miss the train, but Molly is very adamant that no, Arthur, we're not going to make this car fly. I don't care how much time that makes up. We're, we're not doing the flying car thing. No, bad boy. Uh, which is just, it's beautiful to me that he has the secret enchanted flying car. The car's also bigger on the inside. Like the seats are larger. The trunk is has more space. Yes, that it is, is meant to be a small car. That is true. It is, it's a small, it's a Ford uh, Anglia. I think I'm saying that right. I've never heard of that kind of Ford. 
But uh, yeah, it's supposed to be much smaller, but he's enchanted the inside of it, especially the trunk space. And Molly's just like, wow, muggles are so good at making cars. I would have never thought it was this spacious. Like she has no idea it's been magicked. Oh, uh, a question that came to mind. Why do magical folk take a train to Hogwarts? I mean, surely some of them live closer to Hogwarts than they do to King's Cross. Um, so I found that confusing. Do you have a non-spoiler answer for that by chance? They're too young to use magical items, which they are really other wizarding stuff outside of Hogwarts and the but schools. couldn't they use flu powder like they did to get to Diagon Alley or anything of that kind of nature? I mean, and surely there's like... I, I mean, I know Hogwarts doesn't have houses directly around it, but don't some of them live in like Hogsmeade and stuff? Like, surely somebody lives right near the school that going to the train is much longer. But well, it seems like... if they live like, in Hogsmeade, why would they bother going to the train? That's what I'm saying. Like, does everybody have to take the train? And I, it just seems no, I like... I imagine there are different trains as well, because it's a giant... It doesn't seem like it. It's a giant castle. I Maybe that's the only London train. I would be curious if anybody knows, um, you know, send me a message or something and tell me how these train systems work in the magical world. I also noticed that uh, Rowling re-explains the entry onto platform nine and three quarters. Like it was a whole, oh, it's this hidden thing and you have to run through it. Like she explained it like we had never come across platform nine and three quarters before. And I think that, that was kind of a really nice setup so that if you want to, or you happen to skip the first book, you can still understand what's going on. Because let me tell you, you cannot do that with Tolkien. Tolkien's like, remember that thing I said on page eight? Well, now you need it five books later. I don't have that problem. Because you don't read Tolkien? No, because I can remember it very easily. Ha I Have you read The Lord of the Rings? I've read The Hobbit. Okay, read The Lord of the Rings and try to keep that straight because it's it's no easy feat. I'll just say it like that. The platform nine and three quarters portal actually seals up right before Ron and Harry are able to get through. Like all the rest of Ron's family gets through and then it's just like a real platform wall and poor Hedwig ends up going flying. And that owl is very indignant. She seems to be screeching about everything in this book. Well, if you were thrown into a wall <laughs> in a cage, you wouldn't be that happy either. I guess that's true, but I I don't know. I expect a little better training out of my magical owls, I suppose. Like, she's very like, hey! And when Harry almost left her behind, she was like, hey, what do you think you're doing? Which is what got Uncle Vernon to come into the room. But that was chapters ago. But the train ends up leaving without Ron and Harry, and they are completely just like, uh-oh, what are we going to do now? Like, we've got to figure this out quick. And Ron asks Harry if he has any pocket money, like maybe they could take a regular train or a cab or so, I, don't, I don't know what the exact plan was. But Harry says, and I quote, the Dursleys haven't given me pocket money for about six years. Now at this point, Harry would be 12. So when he was six and prior, apparently the Dursleys were giving him cash for whatever. Well, what it could mean is that when he like he was six and that was the last time like here have a dog go leave us alone that's what it could also mean but i don't know there, there's all these little like one-liner kind of moments where it's like maybe the dursleys aren't pure evil we just aren't seeing things from their perspective uh so it seems like they had you know a fairly okay relationship with harry when he was younger and i wonder if maybe the more his magic manifested the worse their relationship got especially since 
since he didn't know what he was doing and they were horrified. Um, but yeah, it's just one more of those things that I thought, you know, that, that seems strange. That's strangely worded and a weird thing to put in there and not get to mention. So, uh, you don't like the Dursleys, I take it. Not many do. I feel like they have a whole side of their story that we never get to hear. It's all on Twitter, probably. It might be. It might be. But I, I feel like, you know, we, we go from Harry's a baby on their doorstep and we don't even get to see them to Harry is 10, about to turn 11, and they hate him. And I feel like there's a whole lot that happened in between, but we just, we don't know what it is. But uh, at least for the first few years of his life, he was being given pocket money for one reason or another. Ron comes up with a bright idea of, hey, we'll just fly the car over to Hogwarts. And Harry's like, well, no, 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 you can't do that. We're underage. And Ron informs him that underage wizards can use magic in an emergency. But I, I'm not sure if he just made that up on the spot or... No, because it makes sense. But what kind of emer- I don't know. I don't know what kind of emergency these people are predicting where there wouldn't be other wizards around because apparently Harry and Hermione are really the oddballs for the wizarding community. Like, they're not- it's not normal for them to live in the real world and not have magical folks surrounding them. Ron doesn't live in the real world. I said Hermione. I swear I did. Yeah, you, I thought you said all three of them. No, I know- I know Ron lives in the boroughs, wherever that is, but it's apparently muggle world adjacent. Yeah. Like, they said up on the hill, like, people in normal houses could see them. So I- I don't really understand- like, there's apparently no veil, they just don't- know notice things that wizardy people do? I don't know. But that's actually a another interesting point to make here is I know on chapter one, I was talking about how the word muggle, it, it feels almost derogatory and offensive. And is that is that your impression of that word? I mean, I suppose it's how it's used because X-Men like mutants, that can also sound very venomous depending on how it's used. But I most of the time it fair. doesn't. Um, I guess that's fair. But I, I think it's interesting that the more I'm reading, the more the word doesn't really, like, rub me the wrong way like it has before. It's more like I was uh, a spectator for book one, just kind of watching what was going on. And I, I was very much aware that I was an outsider. But now in book two, and I'm feeling more and more and more indoctrinated into this world. It's like I'm part of the wizarding world more. And so the word muggle just sounds okay. It's like, oh, all right, that's just that's our word. That's what we use. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of curious how it's going to work out by the end of the seventh book and how indoctrinated I'm going to feel into not being part of the normies anymore. No spoilers, but um, do you feel more attached as you move forward, do you think? Or do you feel like you stay I a spectator? I suppose it's based on the person. Okay, so no opinions from you. <laughs> going to be all stoic. That's like what I do in everything. I'm pretty sure history class hates me. I'm always middle of the road. I'm going to be right on the center riding that fence until somebody knocks me off. Oh, okay. But going back to the actual plot of this chapter, Harry's like, well, how are your parents going to get home if we take their car? And Ron explains that Molly and Arthur can apparate to get home, which is kind of like teleporting. So apparently uh, the adults get all the good stuff that these second years don't even know about yet. Except for Hermione. I'm sure she knows all about this stuff. Somehow she's already studied it and privately practiced it. Then uh, the car's invisibility device ends up being faulty. So uh, they try to hide in the clouds. And it is a really, really miserable 
whole long drive. I think the movie made this so much more interesting where the he, Harry's like almost falling out of the side of the car. This one, they're like, man, it's really hot up here and we had a bunch of toffee and there's nothing to drink. And it's like such a different vibe. Uh, but the car does end up breaking down and it crashes into a tree and that collision ends up breaking Ron's wand, which again is a curious thing. Maybe you can answer this for me. Why does Ron have a secondhand wand? I thought the wand chose the wizard. Because their family's poor. Well, right. I get the economical benefit of, of sharing a hand-me-down wand, but I thought they didn't work well unless it was a wand that picked you. All right. Well, a poor family. The youngest was would also have secondhand shoes. It doesn't work the best because they're not their size, but so it's the, what they have. The answer is just that's that's what they had, so deal with it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Percy's getting, like, new robes and a new owl and everything his heart desires, but the rest of you little grubby monsters can share. I mean, I don't know how to say her name. I'm not even going to try. It's Guinea or Jenny. Jenny? J-G? Oh, okay, yeah, good. Yeah. J. G-I-N-N-Y. <laughs> yeah, -N -N That's Jenny, I promise. Yeah, because, like, Jenny also Jenny. would get new stuff. Uh, I don't think she did get new stuff. Well, what does she, what do they expect her to have? She's the girl in the family. She can't exactly well, think, get the pet hand-me-downs. I think robes are robes, really, aren't they? I don't, I don't think they're, like, gender specific. Do they do, like, the little skirts and stuff for the girls? Because I know they do it in the movie, but they haven't mentioned in the book that I recall. I don't know. <laughs> Hi. Moving along, the tree that they end up crashing into is the Whomping Willow who has very angry flailing limbs and attacks the car like crazy. And the car ends up sort of sputtering back to life and escaping the tree. And then it tosses the boys out and their baggage and then just takes off. Yeah, no, what it does is just backs away from the tree. As Harry described, it just does that to him and flicks him out through their luggage, and drove into the forest. It said it flew away, I thought. Please pause for a brief intermission. Yeah, because I thought the whole thing was the car flew back home, not the car went into the forbidden forest to live alone. He knows exactly what page to go to. That's almost creepy. The car rumbled off into the darkness, its rear lights blazing angrily. So it just went somewhere. We don't even know if it flew back home. All right, well, they may have lost their car and it's out terrorizing people like a Stephen King novel. Um, but isn't the car contraband? Like, why? They drove it all the way to Hogwarts. Isn't that contraband? Like, they, they seem to make a big deal about that in previous chapters. And Arthur works for, like, the, the division of misused muggle artifacts or something like that. Arthur wasn't meant to enchant the car. No, he wasn't supposed to, but that's what I that's what I'm saying. Driving the car to Hogwarts, wouldn't that put their dad in a lot of trouble? What car? Exactly now, but um, okay, it's gonna cover this in a minute, so we'll just move along for right now, but, oh, at some point the boys are trying to get back into the castle, they're trying to kind of sneak into the banquet, and Snape catches them, he starts, you know, tearing him a new one, brings in McGarnagle, because she's the one who can decide what happens Wait. to them. They, they weren't sneaking in, they, they didn't even think about getting in at the moment, they were just kind of at the window, watching the feast happen, and that's when Snape just kind of went behind them as they were talking about He seemed about to him. be, like, on patrol looking for them or people like them for some reason. Um, but, yeah, when McGarnagle comes in, the book describes her as bespectacle. 
B-E-S-P-E-C-T-A-B-L-E. I have no idea what that means. It's almost like they wanted to use the word respectable and they spelled it wrong. Let's Google that shiz. And this part will get cut out as she realizes it is a word. It might. It might get cut out. Oh, okay. Wearing eyeglasses. Of a person wearing eyeglasses. I have never heard that used uh, ever. So, all right. I learned something new. Bespectacle was not a typo. <laughs> They're just saying that she has glasses. And then it is revealed that the Evening Prophet, uh, which is a newspaper, reports a car sighting, a flying car sighting, I should clarify, by seven muggles and that it was specifically a Ford Anglia. So, I mean, they're kind of caught dead to rights. Other than the fact that the car left, I mean, they would have been just cooked. There, there would have been no getting out of that for them. And McGarnagle says, well, if you were really sealed off the platform and you were worried about how you were going to get to school, why didn't you send an owl for help? And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and apparently Ron and Harry were also like, oh, yeah. But can you send an owl from the regular world? Like, do you have to be cautious about that? I mean, it'd be like sending a carrier pigeon. People would be like, okay, but they'd write it off like, sure, that it is a thing. So People I mean, if, might do it if still. they just like stepped outside and wrote a note, handed it to Hedwig and just threw well, her up in the no, air. I'm sure Ron waited for his parents and they went back home and did it. It'd be a lot easier. I don't but... see why they, they didn't even give his parents like 10 minutes to come out, like figure out a way out of there. It's, I, I don't know, it's like, it was such 12-year-old logic of, oh, here's a problem. Well, I solved it the worst way possible, but I solved it. And I was also curious, why didn't the ministry immediately send a warning to Ron for taking the flying car since they caught Harry so quickly? Like, how did, how did they not even notice with Ron? You would think that there would be a notice waiting for him at Hogwarts when he got there. Anyway, it's an emergency? He stated But that. wouldn't you still have to clarify that it's an emergency because the well, ministry... Well, that's what was happening. They can't... The like, ministry isn't clairvoyant, though, because they sent Harry that notice when he wasn't actually the one to use the magic. Is the ministry just not, like, really good at their job? Is that kind of the... Is that the kind of The cares about some people more than others. So they're just watching Harry more closely. I mean... Probably. Because I wonder about that too, like with Hermione, even though she's a really strict rule follower, I mean, I, I don't know, I kind of feel like she would try a few of those spells, even if it was before she was at Hogwarts. I mean, that's not really up for us to decide, is it? I, but that's kind of the point of having a debate. <laughs> I mean, of, of discussing a book is discussing the little gaps in between that we don't know about. But... I feel that if the book doesn't talk about it there's not really much to debate because no side is right <sighs> that that's a horrible way to look at things uh anyways i guess moving along uh jenny gets into gryffindor and then all of gryffindor minus percy and hermione just stand up and they're cheering and they're just they can't believe they're so enthralled with ron and harry's grand entrance they're to not really cheering and it wasn't a grand entrance but the rumors have spread fairly quickly, and they're like, wait. I'm sorry, Harry Potter and Ron drove a flying car into a tree and just waltz in. 
<laughs> yeah, that's kind of like, when you say it like that, it's kind of like, how did they think this was going to work? Um, but it did very clearly say that once they got the fat lady painting to swing open, that everybody was standing on tables and chairs and just cheering and, and freaking out, except for Percy and Hermione, who were very bitterly like, how could you break the rules? Well, everyone was already like that with Harry. They were like, oh my gosh, you're, you're Harry Potter. And then Harry Potter, that kid flying car crashed to a tree walks in. I mean, you would think they'd be more worried that he was going to cost Gryffindor more points, but uh, I don't know. They seem to be really up and down with Harry, all the students. Like, they did not care for him much in the first book, at least in very large chunks of it. Well, because he was meant to be, like, the super powerful wizard at, what, age 11? That's that's a at, bit intimidating. At age infancy, apparently. But uh, I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead with stuff I know from the movies. Because again, some people are reading this chapter by chapter and watching along, and they don't, they don't want me to jump ahead. They get mad. Uh, last note I have here is Ron, Harry, Neville, Dean, Thomas, and Seamus Finnegan all share a dorm room together, and it is the same room from last year. I feel like you did leave out the part where. Because he just kind of left it at Snape catches them. Snape does catch them and then is trying very hard to get them expelled and gets very distraught when well, That's true. Not. He he was very much like, yes, yes, Wicked Witch of the West kind of vibe of I've got you, my pretties. And he was uh, he was not too pleased when McGarnagle just gave them detention and Dumbledore didn't immediately toss them out on their hats. Here's what I don't understand. They're constantly threatening to expel people and that's like a real serious threat that all the kids are worried about. But if you do that, and a kid is only partially trained in magic at that point, aren't they at greater risk of becoming like an evil wizard? Did Voldemort graduate? Or was he kicked out? I, I don't know yet, but... Um, well, it's a bit hard to become an evil wizard without knowing much match. It's like becoming an evil scientist. But You, you might still... know, like, hey, this does this, but you have no idea why it works. But you could still learn it from the books because that's what Hermione's doing. She, she knew a bunch of, like, not really great spells, but she was learning stuff before she set foot on Hogwarts. I don't know. I have another question. Oh, no. That this is, um, it briefly mentions Scabbers, which I was kind of, I was kind of wondering up until it said the car ejected Scabbers out of the car because they had not mentioned him once that chapter. Uh, I kind of thought Ron maybe left him behind. Why is Ron allowed to have a rat when the invitation to Hogwarts said owl, cat, or toad? Well, I'm sure there's more than that because not everyone can get an owl, cat, or a toad. I mean, come on. Those are pretty <laughs> basic animals. They're sold everywhere, too. Well, they're more considered like magical animals. Those might have been used as just an example. I have never heard of a magical rat. I'm saying in the invitation, cats are typically... Like, black cats, you relate them with witches. Mm -hmm. Toads, sometimes potion-making and whatnot, and owls. They're apparently the trendy one because they deliver mail. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Don't you want mail? I, well, that's. I'm kind of curious why Hermione has not gotten owl. I don't think at this point she has any kind of animal. It's loud and it disrupts her studying. Maybe that's true. Hedwig is uh, a little bit of a diva. But uh, Scabbers is a hand-me-down, too, isn't he? And I, I don't remember. Do you have to buy specifically magical pets from, like, Diagon Alley? Or can you just, like, oh, here, I found this cat on my way to the train station. That's my, that's my, uh, what, minion? What do you, what do you call those? Familiar? That's my familiar now. Well, I'm sure there are some limitations, like the gnome thingies earlier in the book. 
I'm sure you can't have like those. Okay, last question I'm gonna ask you since you seem very much like you don't want to be here and talking to me. Well, it's but... I'm trying to remember some of the other books because it's been a little while. What house are you? I think the test said Slytherin a couple years ago. I don't remember. Oh, so you don't you don't feel like you have a house? We I should... just said Slytherin. Okay, so okay, you feel that's fair and accurate? Sure, sure. I'd be an evil wizard. Okay. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess that's our show for today. Uh, thanks, people, for watching. I'd tell you where you could go see Bash here, but uh, he floats around. I mean, he's always like, hey, I don't want to stream for six months. And then he'll stream for like three weeks straight. And then he won't come back for another six months. And that's, I'm really uh, excited for the new Spider-Man game. <sighs> yeah, you can keep pumping your fists like that, but uh, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Who says you were? Ah, uh, because you're poor. You don't have any money. I do. You do, but you're saving for a computer, so I know you're not going to spend it. That's why you keep bringing it up at every turn. And no, oh, look at the great no, spider cat. No. Like, you love this. You want me to buy I, it. I will get Spider-Man. Cyberpunk I might postpone. All right, well, I've broken him. So um, I guess this is a good place to stop. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, everybody. Okay, don't breathe so hard when I'm trying. <laughs> you just. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm like, sure I got to laugh. Okay. I don't know why you're leaning back so far. I feel like we're so mismatched. It's hard to have a guest in person. It is. Uh, I also. Well, family members, we're almost done, but I want to invite you to hang out with me in some other places. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as my own personal self, and I have a Facebook page too, but I mostly just post photos over there. And sometimes people say, hey, McGann, I want to mail you something. How do I do that? Easy. Just click the About tab on my channel page, and my most current P.O. Box info will be right there. I also run another channel, The Family. It's really a hodgepodge channel where we might post anything. Oh yeah, and I also sell shirts and stickers and stuff with the family and the fangirl logos. If that is your cup of tea, I have a link in every description of every video. Finally, if you want to help out the fangirl channel and make sure I'm putting out video essays for years to come, the best way you can help is by subscribing and watching more of my videos, whether they're new, old, whatever. Maybe even share one or two on social media, help spread the word. People who watch to the end of videos like you helps to tell the site, hey, this is a good video. We should recommend it to other people. So if you made it this far, leave me a comment of something like, hey, I made it to the end. Love ya. See you next time, family members. Bye.